Let us pray. Lord God, who spoke to Joseph in dreams, speak to us that we may hear and follow. Amen. Please be seated. The death of the innocents, 
entry and exit from Egypt, Matthew's diverse community of Gentiles and Jews would get the connection. They would see how it tells the same story of deliverance as Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection does. But I think that Joseph, the husband of Mary, is more than an allegorical figure. He had no technicolor green coat, no grand soliloquies, though he brought an earnest resolve to his role. Joseph delivered. Not the way a savior does, but the way a midwife does. Protecting, facilitating, accompanying, assisting in the birth. If it were up to me, I'd make Joseph the patron saint of midwives rather than house hunters. One of the things I love best about Joseph is his ability to lay down his power and his privilege. The rights that Mosaic law and social order gave him over his betrothed. He had the ability to have Mary stoned to death for being pregnant with a child not his own. And if not publicly executed, then quietly divorced. He could well have obeyed the law rather than the angel. The law would have protected his dominance, upheld the toxic masculinity that has shaped cultural norms, both ancient and modern. But he chose not to. And that wasn't disobedience to God's law. It was a higher level of obedience to it. An openness to the word of God that transcended what Joseph understood up to that point. He's much like Mary in that way. They make a very good couple. Now this kind of obedience made him socially and culturally vulnerable to ridicule, attack, arrest, death. Joseph's vulnerability, his laying down of his power, looks much like the vulnerability that God took on in becoming human. The seminary word for that is kenosis, self-emptying as an act of love. This was Joseph's charism his particular divine gift. He put down the power that society had given him, and he picked up the grace that God had given him. This is an essential charism in our time as well. To follow the example of Joseph, then, is to practice a form of kenosis, laying down power and picking up grace. It is to obey the call to deliver Jesus into the world so that Christ may do the work of saving it. This is humble work, and it's also wily work, as we see in today's Gospel. God subverts evil, slips through the fingers of empire, hides the divine self among vulnerable people, crosses borders and carries out the divine mission according to God's dream. This is the source of my hope in these uncertain times. 
as I consider what will subvert and thwart the powers that plague us. It helps to tell stories of this ability to be humble and wily and cooperative in God's dream, as Joseph was. So another story comes to mind for me, one collected by the Brothers Grimm and translated by D.L. Ashland. When King Conrad III defeated the Duke of Wealth in the year 1140 and placed Weinsberg under siege, the wives of the besieged castle negotiated a surrender which granted them to write the right to leave with whatever they could carry on their shoulders. The king allowed them that much. Leaving everything else aside, each woman took her own husband on her shoulders and carried him out. When the king's people saw what was happening, many of them said that was not what had been, what had been meant and they wanted to put a stop to it. But the king laughed and accepted the women's clever trick. Other versions of the story invite the women to take what is most precious to them. And they leave carrying the village children under their arms and the men upon their backs. You can tell it's a fairy tale because of the happy ending. A king relents and stands by his word, unlike Herod or Pharaoh. But I think what is most important about these stories, whether it's the flight into Egypt or the faithful wives of Weinsberg, is not whether they happened but whether they are true. And the truth that I see is this. The act of setting down privilege and picking up God's grace yields a humble and wily strength which is required for the work of God. The author of the letter to the Ephesians says it this way. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. If we would have St. Joseph intercede with God for anything on our behalf, perhaps it should be this. Amen.